You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. And Dave, are you ready, brother? You got that right, my friend. Oh, yeah. Awesome. It is an area which we call the trend zone in today's episode. There were mistakes made, Dave. We're going to talk about Tua. We'll also talk a little Survivor or Fantasy Go-Back starts of the week. Some total fantasy domination. And we'll preview all of the awesome games coming up in week five. Week five? Did I say week five, Dave? It's slipping away, man. where's it going dude it goes so so fast oh man but before we get into all that let's get started with a tasty nug for the people dave i know you're holding bro just don't hold out a little sprinkling casey here it is so far 50 games have been decided within one score in the fourth quarter that's the most in nfl history through four weeks casey also 15 of the 16 games from last weekend were within one score in the fourth quarter that's also the most in a single week in nfl history you're casey. blowing my mind here dude. dude my team was part of that too and then through four weeks 23 games decided by three points or less and 31 of those decided by six points or less that's the most ever at this point in the season, Casey. Again, the parody is what blows our minds about the NFL, man. That's what's so good about it. You just don't know. Yeah, I did a little more sprinkling here. There have been 16 games decided by a game-winning score in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime, Dave. Man, wow. these games are close. And that hour between 12.30 and 1.30 is <laughs> the Coast best time. hour in all the sports. That's right, West Coast time. Oh, <laughs> We love it, man. We flip yeah, you sit out there, when that you know, goes down. The games, maybe they're not so great for the first hour, hour and a half. The next thing you know, we're just head on Patience, a swivel, man. baby. They head get there, man. Everything's coming to that fourth quarter, man. Awesome. As always, the trends on what you're listening to right now. Our podcast is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcast. And please like, subscribe, and give us those sweet, sweet five-star reviews. Woo! All right, Dave. Hey, before we get into the quick, uh, the top trending stories, I wanted to give a shout out to Danny Ventura. You can find him on Twitter at Boston Herald HS. I accidentally misplaced my JPP and Danny <laughs> found him. So thanks for listening to my man. We really appreciate it. Right. All right. Back to the top trending stories, Dave. Um, unless you've been li- living under a rock, dude, it was all about two, uh, last week but this story kind of goes back two weeks yeah it's time for Tua talk casey and i don't know what the q anon or the two anon as it were would Love say it. about this but man for me casey this definitely goes back to last sunday when we saw Tua take a shot bang his head on the on the on the grass there and get up wobbly and fall down a little bit and need help from his teammates to get off the field at that point in time i said he's done there's no way he plays in the second half and mm-hmm. my mind was blown when he came out and played that game in the second half, Casey, that's where, to me, I was, that's where the initial problem uh, with this whole situation began. Yeah, and then you pop it up to a short week, and on Thursday night against the Bengals, he gets the gnarly takedown. 
You know, it looked brutal, but that's what happens when a 360-pound guy throws a 180-pound guy. But like he did hit the ground. It was just like it was uh, yep, the same kind of back of the head off the turf. And that was a wrap on Tua for that game. And then, you know, I didn't sure enough, hear. he was concussed that time, Casey. Absolutely, yeah. Not the first time, though. It was a back injury. But the problem, you know, and everybody after that game was feigning the outrage with good reason. But I didn't hear a lot of these talking heads saying before the game, there's no way he should be playing, which probably is the case. But everybody came to that after the fact. We need that before that game. If that's how everybody felt, we should have heard right. a lot more about yeah, it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. when we saw him take that hit and his his hands do what they did, that whole physical reaction to an obvious concussion mm-hmm. there. But you're right, Casey. And they said after the initial Sunday um, hit and it was diagnosed as a back injury, that there was an investigation going on that would take up to two weeks. I don't understand what what who came up with that time frame two right. weeks to discover whether or not he had a concussion on that Sunday. I don't get that at all. That makes no sense to me. Especially it should have been pri- should have been prior to the game determine yeah. whether or not the initial diagnosis was correct and then move forward from there whether or not he can play. And as it turns out, he obviously shouldn't have played. And apparently, the doctor that had given him the green light has now been dismissed. Yeah, it's supposed to be independent doctors on the sidelines to prevent this. Players need someone there to help them because their instinct is to go out there and play. They don't, you know, that's just what they do. They're pro players, but there's got to be something in place, and it can't be this after-the-fact crap. It's got to be beforehand. We saw it with Cameron Brait, too. He went out of the game and then came back in, and then they're like, oh, wait a minute, now we find he's concussed. Dude, that's got to happen before that, dude. Yeah, yeah. There has to be a more... Uh, concrete system in place uh, protocol that prevents that kind of uh, mistake from occurring. The brain uh, damage is so significant long-term as we find out now, and it really has a huge impact on the future of the NFL. When you talk about um, parents and their kids playing ball and stuff like that. Um, So seeing these stories out there is a real, real, real bad scene for the NFL. Yeah, and it's got to be as transparent as possible because yep. you say concerned parents need to know. I know there's concussions and all kinds of, you yeah. know, you sports, soccer, baseball, all this stuff, but you have to have the legit information out there. So um, hopefully this will propel them to actually taking more positive steps and preventing this in the future. But we know the NFL is big money, but if you're, you know, your best players keep getting hurt and can't play and there's long-term damage, you're not going to have those best players. So. Yep. Something's got to be done. All right, Dave, let's move it into a little more positive area. Well, positive for some of us. Our survivor (laughs) three strikes pool. Dave, how did you do? Well, I had Green Bay over New England, Casey, so I did all right, although it was a little bit sketchy all along the way. (laughs) uh, Zappy. I felt like I was going to get zappied, um, but actually turned out to be the most popular correct pick, Green Bay over New England, with almost 47% of the people. And, dude, in that game, uh, after the Patriots got the three and out from the Packers in overtime, had the ball at midfield facing a fourth and five, you got to go then, dude. I know yeah. you know. at that point, you know if you give Rodgers the ball back, it's a loss. That's a wrap. You're right there. You need about 10, 15 yards. Get that first down and yeah. you steal that win. Um, but the hoodie played it by the book and didn't get it. And you and probably half of the America <laughs> – you know, got the reprieve there. <laughs> Unfortunately, Dave, I did not get that. I went with the Detroit Lions over the Seattle Seahawks. 
And you would think 45 points is enough to win a game at home. Apparently not, man. It's the Detroit Lions, baby, because they played no defense. And that was also the most popular incorrect pick uh, last week. So I'm down to my final strike. Okay, moving into next week, Casey, the most popular pick is uh, Buffalo over Pittsburgh. It's nearly 33%. That's a lock, baby. That's a lock. All right, Dave, it's time for our fantasy go-back starts of the week where you go back and look at your roster from the previous week and change out a player that would have helped you win the game. Did you need it? Dude, I had my best week yet. Finally, everybody actually came out to play for me, and I crushed my opponent mercilessly. So there was nothing I could have done to even increase my score. I maxed out. Oh, well done, sir. I didn't have a go-back start of the week. I had a go-back cut of the week a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I needed to uh, get a roster spot. So, unfortunately, I cut Jamal Williams and um, the Purple Sabbath. Picked him up and used him to kill me. Dave, I had my highest point total of the season, but it was not Ouch. good enough to get the win. So, I fall to three and one. And that, that had ripple effects to me, Casey, as well as the Purple Sabbath edged me out by a single point for first place scores of the week. A little bit disappointing there for my best performance. Had I known that, Dave, we could have split that money. I would have kept him when we <laughs> split it. Hey. <laughs> Next time, Casey, Next in the fantasy time. go back world. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Jamal Williams, he didn't make this list, but you know that he would love to because it is time for total fantasy Domination, oh, Dave. Give me your quarterback. All right. Believe it or not, Jared Goff. Oh, for salt in my wound, Dave. Come on. Yes. Jared threw the ball for 378 yards, four touchdown passes, one pick, but rushed the ball for a single yard and two two-point conversions in the mix for Goff. Dave, actually, five touchdown passes, but one went to the Seahawks' defense. Ouch. Oh, brutal. That's and that running back. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Jacobs from the Dick Sam Pornhose, man. This guy was running all over those donkeys. 144 rush yards, two rushing touchdowns, and go ahead and throw on 31 receiving yards. Yeah, and wide receiver, it was Mike Evans for the aforementioned Purple Sabbath, Casey, and Tampa Bay. 103 receiving yards and two touchdowns for Mike Evans. And someone was catching all those TDs from Jerry Goff. TJ Hawkinson from the Los Burroughs Locos, dude. 179 <laughs> receiving yards for the Lions and two touchdowns and a two-pointer. That dude was unstoppable on Sunday. Man, what a good effort, but in a loss. Wow. All right, Dave, talk about some of the uh, the free agents people might be trying to hit up on the waiver wire there for week five. Yeah, no doubt, Casey. I mean, obviously, uh, Geno Smith has been playing exceptionally well, uh, leads the league in completion percentage, and uh, just getting it done there for the Seahawks. Don't forget, also, Teddy B steps in for the uh, Tua, who will be missing at least this week, we assume. So and he's got plenty of weapons there for Teddy B. Yeah, and at running back, um, we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to Denver. Um with Williams being out, but Latavius Murray's been signed off the Saints practice squad. Boone is there too, but I think they might trust the uh, the veteran there to handle yeah. most of those backfield duties if Melvin cannot figure out how to hold on to the ball. Also, Daryl Henderson, I know um, they've been working Cam Akers back into that run offense for the Rams, but uh, it's not been having a lot of success. So Henderson's a nice name there if you can get him. Yeah, and then at wide receiver, uh, don't forget about Corey Davis. Or Devontae Parker, both um, pretty reasonable options available in a lot of leagues. 
Yeah, and tight end Mo Alley Cox coming up a huge game, and Will Disley doing it over Noah Fant there uh, for the Seahawks. Nice. Dave, should we get out of the fantasy realm and get into <laughs> the reality realm? Yeah, I know about the fantasy. <laughs> Let's Can you reality. live this fantasy life, Dave? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Dave, so far there have been four games in which a team has overcome a deficit of at least 17 points to win or tie. That's why you got to watch all these games. That's why we have the wall of TVs. That is why we freaking love it. But let's go ahead and get this thing started. Thursday night football. We have the Indianapolis Colts at the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos are three and a half point favorites in this game. But Dave, two huge stars not going to be there. Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams are both going to miss this game. Yeah, no Javante. Melvin having a hard time holding on to the football, as you mentioned. Mike Boone back there, and they bring in Latavius Murray, uh, the the journeyman veteran. Uh, Broncos spent all that cash on Gregory Casey, Randy Gregory, who won't be uh, balling because he'll be out for four weeks with that knee injury. Um, Look for Baron Browning to step up for the for the Broncos. Yeah, Russ not getting a cook in there. And speaking of who's not getting cooking, because that stove is ice cold. I'm talking Maddie Ice, bro. Ooh. Coming off of a season high 356 yards and two touchdowns last week. But it wasn't good enough to get that win against the Titans. And we talked about Russ. He had three TDs and no interceptions last week. You would think that would be pretty good, but it wasn't good enough to beat the Raiders. <laughs> All right, up next, Casey, it's the super early game. The one in Tottenham in Hotspur Stadium in England over across the pond, Casey. It is the New York Giants at the Green Bay Packers. Packers favored by seven and a half. And the Pack have won 15 consecutive home games dating back to week 10 of 2020, Casey. I guess this is a home game for the Pack. (laughs) Make it 16 in a row, Dave, because these... these, uh, Shockingly, these Giants are three and one. I don't know how to, but... They did it last week. Danny Dimebags, only 82 yards passing. And it wasn't all him, too, because Tyrod Taylor came right. uh, into that game. And somehow they figured out to win it. You know why? Because Saquon Barkley, dude, he hit the go-back machine, dude. 146 yards on the ground. Um, these Giants are playing pretty good defense. They're getting off the field on third downs, just letting teams convert under 30%. And we're starting to see uh, Thibodeau getting acclimated and doing his thing on his um, Giants defense. They're allowing uh, just around 18 points a game. So playing good defense, not throwing the ball, but not turning it over. And they're hoping they can get some success out of that. But uh, they're going to have their hands full over there. Yeah, and the Packers uh, obviously started off a little rough this year, but they seem to have found their rhythm. Rodgers last week, 251 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Jones running the ball real well, had 115 yards last week. Dylan uh, attacking on 84. So really spreading the ball around. And then it comes to the receiving groups. Lazard with 116 yards last week. Romeo Dobbs with with a touchdown grab. So it's starting to come together for that Packers offense there. So look out, New York Giants. All right, then we get to the uh, the early games, not the early, early games. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Buffalo Bills. Dude, nice spread, 14 and a half, bro. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Steelers 0 and 7 without Watt in the lineup. Is Watt going to be in the lineup? I don't know. Is he play, does he play quarterback? <laughs> um, so it's going to be Kenny Pickett uh, here, Casey. Uh, and he came in last week in relief there. Uh, two rush TDs in his first career game. That's good. That's the bright side. Um, you know, they got Najee Harris. They're going to have to lean on him heavily. 
Um, as Deontay Johnson mentioned, this is seemingly looking like a rebuilding year. Uh, and that's kind of like a bad word there in Pittsburgh. That even when they rebuild, they usually get seven or eight wins. Um, but we'll see how they can do. They've got some weapons. You know, Friermuth, Casey. I mean, you Patrick know this guy. Henry Equinemi is Friermuth. Yeah, that's the dude. Uh, you know, he, he's been playing very well. Um, and uh, also Pickens, the rookie, has really come along nicely. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it'll be very uh, interesting if Pickett can really put some something together here and make this an interesting game. Yeah, where's Claypool on this offense, dude? Nowhere yeah, to be question. found, man. Yeah, He's had question. a brutal year. I uh, Move it over to these Bills, dude. Coming off of two grimy, grimy, grinded out, awesome wins, man. Really like season-making wins. We came yeah. in saying these guys are, you know, the the favorite to represent the Super Bowl in the AFC. And getting wins like that is, you know, keeping that belief alive. Although I worry that they might be expending too much early on in this season. Need a couple of coasting wins there, dude. But uh, fighting through some injuries. Jamison Crowder looks like he's going to be done. Definitely won't play in this one. Isaiah McKenzie, he's uh, in the concussion protocol. If they can't have him, rookie fifth rounder Khalil Shakir, We'll get the start, but hopefully they can get McKenzie in there because uh, Gabe Davis has been kind of banged up, too. We know about Diggs starting to find a little bit more of that running game there. But Josh Allen's still the leading rusher um, for this squad. So you would like to see that move along. Um, but this Bills defense leading the league, dude, nine takeaways. That is very bad news for Kenny Pickett that had three giveaways <laughs> last week. Ooh. Okay. Up next, Casey, it's our Los Angeles Chargers. They won last week, by the way, so they're ours now. They're ours, um, baby. <laughs> uh, so our Los Angeles Chargers are heading to Cleveland to play the Browns. This is a dangerous game for the Chargers on the road, who are favored by three and a half. Um, and Justin Herbert, Casey, has recorded at least 300 passing yards in seven consecutive road games. So that's the good news for the Chargers. Yeah, that is good news. Um, and these these Browns really let one go last week in Atlanta. You thought they were coming together would build off of that Thursday night win against the Steelers, but kind of let one slip away last week. And Jacoby was good, 21 to 27, two, D, two TDs. Um, you know, not not bad there. But Nick Chubb is really starting to get his uh, ground game going. He had 118 yards in a touchdown last week, and he's had over 100 in three of his last four games. Um, Amari Cooper disappears on the road. Pretty good at home. Bad news for the Chargers. This is a home game uh, for the Browns. And uh, David Njoku, dude, he's um, really playing up to that huge contract he signed in the offseason. Not sure if Miles Garrett's going to be back in this one or not. Not sure about Jadavion Clowney back. So um, this defense will obviously be a, a step up if they get those guys uh, back on that side of the ball. Yeah, in the Chargers case, and I, ma- I mentioned Herbert uh, at the beginning there, coming off a real nice game, 340 yards passing and two touchdowns with a 113 uh, passer rating last week for Herbert. Eckler finally got it going. He had 20 touchdowns last year. It was went into last week with none. So he got in the end zone uh, three times last week on 109 scrimmage yards. They finally found that rhythm. Keenan Allen, unfortunately, has not played since the second quarter of the first game. He is questionable at best going into this one after trying to give it a go 
throughout the week last week and then had a setback there. Luckily, Mike Williams really picked up the slack for yeah. the Chargers, 120 yards last week. And Everett has been really nice at the tight end position as well with a, a pretty nice game and a score last week. On the defensive side, Casey, which is the most concerning thing about this football game, the Chargers were awful at stopping the run last year. They have done a better job this year in each of the games, though. They seem to give up one monster play. Last week, it was a 75-yard run mm. uh, to the rookie running back from the Texans. And this is Nick Chubb that they're going to have to contain here. So they've generally done a better job. Uh, right around the middle of the pack, uh, defending the the run uh, for this Charger squad, but not as good because they're still giving up that big explosive play once in a while. Yeah, speaking of those Texans, we got the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags are seven and a half point favorites. Dave, you were watching those Texans pretty close last week. Give me some love. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the the running back, 131 yards and a touchdown last week. Those numbers look great. So uh, Damian Pierce, that is, and. Uh, Davis Mills is still a work in progress, but I think as of the, the latter portion of last year and into this year, he is showing that he has the potential to be a quality NFL starter as this Texans team is cr- clearly in the, sort of the rebuild mode in the overall picture of things. Nice game from Cooks last week um, at, at the receiver position, um, but overall, you know, like I said, this is, this is going to be a tough game because the way the Jags are playing, dude, it's very impressive the way the Jags are getting it done. Yeah, and you know, um, I don't know. The rain probably had something to do with it in that yeah. Philly defense too. But Jaguars really let one get away last week. Build up a fourteen nothing lead, but too many turnovers. They had five on the day, and wow. um, they you don't really win very let, many games. <laughs> yeah, you know, they they let that game get away. Even with those five turnovers, they're still plus three on the season. So that does tell you how good they've been playing on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, with all those turnovers, kind of got out of their run game and put too much. Trevor Lawrence had to be back there. He had a few uh, fumbles too. So they just need to clean that stuff up and get it uh, going clean again. And it should be a much better uh, game for them being at home. Hopefully there's not the, uh, the monsoon conditions that it was last week and they can clean all that crap up. And uh, this is a big division game. Um, yep. And they can get on top of this AFC South. They could conceivably. Um, and a great defensive front for that Jaguars, too. So it's going to be yeah. pretty exciting to see them play. All right, up next is the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings at home favored by six and a half in this one, Casey. Man, and yeah, I get it because the Bears, man, they do not score many points, man. They're averaging 16 a game, and um, I can't believe that this team is really two and two. <laughs> They don't it's, pass the ball very much, Casey. No, you know, and uh, with David Montgomery out, Khalil Herbert's been really nice there as yeah. the the guy going up. Um, but this is a work in progress, man. They really have to figure out how to keep developing Justin Fields. You know, being able to protect him a little bit would help in that. Um, they're running the ball and they're playing pretty good defense, but um, Justin Fields is not where he can put a team on his shoulders and get the win. So um, I feel yeah. like this is going to be a long day for those Bears. Yeah, and, and you swing it over to these Vikings. Um, uh, you know, this uh, Kevin O'Connell era here, uh, they come across, they come back from the from the uh, hot, the Tottenham game over there in a very close game against No the bye week, too, which is weird yeah. on these now. And, and they pull a W late in that one. I almost let it slip into overtime, and that would have been, uh, really devastating to to lose a game that they felt like they, they had there. Uh, but a good game from Cousins. Last week, also, Justin Jefferson really got it going. Uh, Ten receptions, 147 yards. Uh, his first rushing touchdown. So, um, 
He's uh, obviously playing exceptionally well uh, in this new uh, Vikings offense. Adam Thielen with a nice game last week, eight catches and 72 yards for Thielen. I think the Vikings, you know, looking to do more of the same there. And then on the defensive side uh, with Daniil Hunter, Darius Smith, uh, and, and guys like Harrison Smith on the backside looking to make uh, make things difficult on Justin Fields in that Bears offense. All right, up next, we have the Detroit Lions at the New England Patriots. And the Patriots are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game? Okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, with a rookie quarterback there uh, p- potentially playing for the Pats, that's a good thing for this Vikings, uh, Viking, or excuse me, Lions team that's been playing you know, really exciting football on one uh, side of the ball. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you mentioned earlier, the Detroit lions with very little D uh, in there, but uh, golf 378 yards. We mentioned in the, in the, uh, the highlights, four touchdowns there. Uh, Deandre Swift is having a great season as well on his way, uh, his quest to a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. And also running back Jamal Williams, uh, two touchdowns and over 100 yards last week. So uh, really getting it done all around. Uh, wide receiver, I'm on Ross St. Brown, Casey. Not yeah, sure. I'm not, not sure. sure. I hope so because he's on the foul, boy. So I need oh. him back, baby. <laughs> okay. And then so he's been he's been phenomenal, uh, obviously. But uh, T.J. Hawkinson, extremely uh, productive at the tight end position. Uh, you know, so we'll see how he uh, how this offense can keep it going. If they can put up 40 points this week, I think they're going to beat the Patriots. Yeah, and these Patriots do probably know Mac Jones, probably know Brian Hoyer. And if for some reason Bailey Zappi can't go at quarterback, it will be your cousin from Boston getting the start there. But hopefully it'll be one of those other guys. And uh, coming into last week, you know, the the biggest point spread of the games was these Patriots playing the pack. And they got that thing to overtime. And the way they did it was not turning the ball over and running the damn football. Um Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, dude, it's such a nice uh, one-two yeah, combo there. And, um, you know, Devontae Parker, man, the the cast off from the Finns, he's trying to find a spot there. He had his first touchdown last week. So not a highly talented receiving core, but starting to get some productivity there. It's all about, like I said, that run game in the defense. Matthew Judon, dude. This guy is a game changer, a game wrecker there. So um, that will be the formula for this one. You know, keep that uh, Lions defense on the field and they'll probably make some mistakes for you. But this is a must win for both of these teams if they want to stay in the mix in their divisions. Yeah. Up next, it's the Seattle Seahawks at the New Orleans Saints. Saints at home favored by five and a half in this one. Dave, let Geno cook, brother. <laughs> Rush must. Who needs him, dude? Last week, Gino, 23 of 30, almost 77 completion percentage, 320 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That gave him a 132.6. Gino completing almost 78% of his passes through the first four games this season. That's the highest completion percentage by a quarterback in his first four games of a season in the history of the NFL, man. Maybe wow. Gino just needed some time to get acclimated, you know, and he's finally getting his chance and he's making the most of it, but it helps yeah. when you turn around and hand it to Rashad Penny, dude. Woo. He had 151 and two touchdowns um, last week and was just, you know, once he got past the line, he was gone. You're starting to see why the Seahawks love this guy so much and used a first round pick on him. Matt Calf was a monster last week too, but I mean, you could have lined up anybody and they would have scored on those lines. He had a hundred, uh, 149 yards last week. Lockett had 90 last week. D 
Disley had a touchdown. I mean, it was just, yeah, everybody take what you want. So um, this is a big game, man. Those Saints play better at home, but they've got some problems they're working through as well. Yeah, Uh, namely Jameis Winston uh, not being able to go last week. Still questionable right now. If not, it'll be Andy Dalton. He played well uh, last week for this squad. Obviously, he's got plenty of starts, so it's not like uh, going to a regular backup, generally speaking. This is a very, very nice veteran backup, 236 yards and a touchdown uh, last week. So solid, solid game. Um, Just, you know, the team has been banged up, to say the least, you know, Alvin Kamara, questionable. Michael Thomas, questionable. I mean, the list is pretty long of dudes that are not hitting on all cylinders here. Uh, Chris Olave, a bright spot, um, led the team with 67 yards in his first career TD last week. Um, Michael Thomas, also a touchdown um, in the last game versus Seattle. But that, you know, we'll see how that projects into this week. So, um, yeah, I'm looking for this to be kind of a, a pretty tight game here with um, Geno Smith versus Andy Dalton in all likelihood, right? Wow, double donk away from those Saints last week from getting that thing yeah. into overtime. But yep. uh, also them not getting the bye week. It's weird that the NFL is doing this coming back from these London games. We'll see yeah. um, how that affects these guys. But let's go ahead and move this sure. over to the Jet AFC lag. East. We got, speaking of jet lag, we got the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets, and the Dolphins with Teddy B are still three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Yeah, and it'll be Teddy B, as we mentioned, Casey, at the quarterback position. But Third time's is, the charm, baby. This guy's going to get it done. He is a solid veteran. This is why you have a guy like Teddy B as your backup um, to make sure that if this happens to your team, uh, you can get through these rough waters and pick up some W's along the way. Uh, nice game from Raheem Mustard last week with 81 scrimmage yards. Uh, Chase Edmonds, uh, a TD uh, as well last week. So um, Tyreek Hill, though, uh, still obviously a monster uh, with the speed. The, the speed kills the cheetah. 10 catches, 160 yards last week. So um, he can certainly get it done. And speaking of speed, Jalen Waddle also uh, a, a speed demon. So plenty of weapons uh, for Teddy B to distribute the football around. And, uh, you know, defensively, look out for that guy, Melvin Ingram, former Chaja. He seems to be in the right place at the right time, Casey. Yeah, and Zach Wilson's back, Dave, and he's banging moms and catching bombs. Had his first <laughs> receiving touchdown last year. Actually, this dude had a great game, 252 passing yards. The like Philly I mentioned. special. <laughs> yeah, I got that TD catch. Um, he's looking for his fourth start in a row at home with zero interceptions, and that's what they need from him. Just throw it to the guys wearing green and white. Um, really starting to get a lot of production from the last couple of draft classes, including Brees Hall, dude. He had 78 scrimmage yards last week, including the game-winning rushing touchdown with just a couple seconds left in that game. Garrett Wilson, man, he's had at least 50 uh, receiving yards in the last three games. Corey Davis is a nice compliment to that, too. And they're hoping to get more activity out of Elijah Moore there. So um, defense is playing pretty solid, giving up about 25 points a game. So they need to take uh, they need to get that down a little bit. That's a that's a few too many points for them to keep (laughs) staying competitive in these games. But if somehow they can beat this Dolphin squad. They're going to stay in this mix, and they get them, like you said, with Teddy B instead of Tua. So a very intriguing matchup, and Sal is keeping receipts, dude. Oh, yes, FYI. He yes, he is. So 
All right, Casey. Up next, it's the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks at home, favored by seven and a half in a battle for first place in the NFC South. What? Yeah, Are you kidding me? me? <laughs> wow, right. it actually is. And, you know, these Falcons, it's not been sexy, but hey, they're right there uh, in the mix for this division, man. Um, Marcus Mariota has been decent, you know, it, once again, just take care of the football. He's not been that good at that um, so far this season, so he's got to clean that up. They're probably going to be without Cordero Patterson in this game. Not probably, definitely. He's going to be out for at least the next four games. So mm. um, he's been so good in this offense. It's He's going to definitely be missed. Um Drake London started out kind of hot, and he slowed down a little bit. Kyle Pitts has kind of been MIA. they got to figure out how to get that dude some more um, receptions, man. He (laughs) he needs to be a bigger part of this offense there. Um, A.J. Terrell, he's been pretty good. He's going to have his hands full in this game. Casey Hayward, former Charger, he was pretty good last week. They got that big win over the Brownies, but these Bucks ain't the Brownies. And you're getting a Tom Brady coming off of back-to-back losses. I don't know if Tom Brady's ever lost three games in a row in the NFL. Right. And he's pretty unhappy in general right now with the whole um, divorce lawyers being uh, employed. Dude has to really love football when you, you know, you have a Brazilian supermodel wife that makes (laughs) hundreds of millions of dollars every year and you'd rather play football. Sorry, Tommy, get your priorities in order, bro. I'm sure she was pretty clear about him uh, wanting him to retire and he somehow made the wrong decision there last week though had a really nice performance in the in the disappointing loss through for 385 yards and three touchdowns 114 rating uh, not enough to to beat the the chefs there though mike evans led the team with uh, eight grabs and over 100 yards and two touchdowns as well um and as we mentioned earlier they will be minus a cameron Brait. and also julio jones has been banged up they've been pretty banged up in general at the wide receiver position but I'm looking to have uh, Godwin, hopefully, um, as he comes back off of a seven-catch, 59-yard performance last week. So um, on the defensive side of the football, obviously, they they can get it done with Vontae David and Devin White um, at the linebacking group there, uh, among the best in the league. So they got to put it together here for a W. All right. Tom Brady doesn't lose three in a row. No, no. uh Uh-uh. This is a lot. Up next, we got the Tennessee Titans at the Washington Commandos, and the Titans are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Oof, yeah, and how about the Titans, man? Last week, Derrick Henry got it going. They found their recipe from last year that they had somehow misplaced. Uh, it's get the get the running game going with Derrick Henry. 147 yards last week uh, from the ground in a rushing TD. And their whole offense starts to click when that happens. You got Tannehill on 17 of 21, 81%. It's a modest 137 yards, but two touchdowns. Again, those receivers come open when everybody's really, really worried about staying in the box Mm -hmm. and defending against Henry. And uh, Robert Woods with a grab last week for a touchdown. Uh, Traylon Burks is doubtful, unfortunately, in this game. So that is a significant loss at the wide receiver position. Yeah, these commandos, man. Carson Wentz, he's second in the NFC among quarterbacks with eight touchdowns. Bad news is he's got five interceptions to go along with those. Um, the offensive line is not really able to pass protect. He's been sacked at least 15 times. I don't know how many times the Cowboys got to him last week, but they put a bunch of hits on him. 
they got to figure out how to tighten that up. Um, bad news is Jahan Dawson is probably going to miss this game, and he had had back-to-back touchdowns. Got to get Scary Terry going, man. Get this guy more involved. Curtis Samuel's been nice since he's been healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a nice one-two punch there. And at running back, Antonio Gibson, man, he's kind of falling down the ladder. J.D. McKissick was pretty good last week against the Cowboys. But Brian Robinson looks like he's going to be back soon. That'll be awesome. This week. Yeah, he was really impressive in preseason. So they liked what they've seen out of him. So look for him to have an impact in that running game moving forward. Defense is kind of getting it together, man. It was really tough. The Cowboys averaged, I think, two yards a carry last week against this defense up front with all those Alabama first-rounders. So um, playing good defense, Carson Wentz. He's got to learn when the play is over, dude. Holds on to the ball way too much. Tries yep. to make every play sometimes. Your best play is just to throw it away and live to see another down. So um, kind of at a crossroads with both these teams, one team seems to be ascending, though one seem, uh, team seems to be going the other direction. All right, moving on to the late games, Casey. It's the San Francisco 49ers at the Carolina Panthers. 49ers on the road favored by three and a half. Yeah, Jimmy G, dude. That's the story for these Niners. No OTAs, no playbook, no preseason, (laughs) no problemo, dude. Just a shoulder surgery that kept him out until the middle of spring. Wasn't involved with any of the offseason activities. Mm -hmm. And here he's stepping in there, dude. And on Monday night, bro, um, 239 touchdown, no interceptions, over 100 passer rating, man. He was balling out, and he's just getting more comfortable getting back up to speed, man, with all the stuff he went through in the offseason. Really good to see. But, bro, Debo Samuel, man, there might not be a more fun player to watch in this league. Got that uh, screen pass basically on Monday night and just took it 55 (laughs) yards to the house. And my favorite play was at the end of it, dude. Brandon Ayuk just leveling the linebacker for the Rams at the one yard line could have just stayed in front of him, but decided to go ahead and punish him. George yeah. Kittle getting back in the mix too. He got a touchdown or should have had a touchdown last week. The second foot wasn't in, but um, this front four is really causing problems. Nick Bosa, man, he was a maniac. He was in the backfield all night for those Rams. Um, so that this all seems like bad news for a Carolina Panthers team. That's really struggling to find an identity and it's just not there. Yeah, Casey, if we we're, uh, I don't know if we're, we're going to start the hot seats um, segment anytime soon, but uh, I've got a candidate and his name is Matt Rule. And if they can't come together with a W this week, they will be dropping to one and four. So this is a pretty high pressure game uh, for this Panthers squad. Um, and Baker Mayfield, as we know, who took a pay cut to uh, facilitate the trade here. Um, and then, of course, uh, beat out Sam Darnold, who is now recovering from that ankle injury uh, but he has not done all that great this season really ultimately uh, just a 75 quarterback rating yeah. and and really hasn't just haven't has not flourished in this offense at all um, Christian McCaffrey coming off of a nice game nine catches 108 scrimmage yards um, last week and DJ Moore as well um, but um, and Robbie Anderson on the other side these just they have got to put together um, a, uh, a kind of like a flawless performance this week yeah. and somehow come up with a W at home. Uh, otherwise, this might turn into a long season uh, and, again, maybe a short season for Matt Rule. Yeah, definitely, man. That offense for the Panthers has looked horrible. Um, this game's got pretty good offenses. we got the Philadelphia Eagles 
at the Arizona Cardinals. Eagles favored by four and a half on the road. Um, back-to-back weeks that we see a couple former Sooners at the quarterback position going head-to-head. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a interesting uh, with the uh, UC, USC Trojans, their connection. We'll see if they can get yet another quarterback that's a former Sooner into the NFL in the near future. But let's talk this game here, Casey. Keep it here and talk about this undefeated Philadelphia Eagles squad uh, that has been playing exceptionally well at the offensive side of the football for sure um no doubt Jalen Hurts has really really put together a nice season so far uh and this offensive line is a big factor because no matter what he's back there he seems to have all day to think about it if he's going to throw it or if he decides to pull it down and run it and uh Miles Sanders running the ball very well uh for sure 156 yards and two scores last weekend for Miles Sanders AJ Brown was an awesome acquisition in the offseason to bring in a dude that's a pro, but is still super young with uh, an ascending project, uh, trajectory in his career. 95 yards on five grabs last week. Um, it, this team is hitting on all cylinders. Is there such a thing as peaking too soon? Who knows? But uh, the way they're playing right now, uh, wow, this team is looking to be the best team in the league uh, and certainly in the NFC right now. Casey, react. Yeah, I'm taking you back to 1947, Dave, the 75th <laughs> anniversary of the Cardinals defeating those Eagles well, in the NFL title game. Also, the 75th I remember anniversary. That. Yeah, you do. Violet <laughs> Bidwell becoming the first female owner in NFL history and one of the first in all the pro sports. So well done for the Cardinals there. And well done for these Cardinals finally getting off the schneid early. Kind of had a, I mean, I guess playing the Panthers will help you do that, but had a, a complete game. Kyler Murray had three TDs last week, and he's really getting that going with Marquise Hollywood. Brown Brown had um, six for 88 and a touchdown last week. They got rid of Andy Isabella, man. Just cut that guy. Second round draft pick. I think wow. his second year That's on shocking. the squad, maybe third. Yeah. Either way, um, cut bait on him quick. Zach Ertz has been a major part of this offense, too. He had six receptions and a touchdown last week. James Conner, we talked about how slow that running game's been going. He had a season high, almost 80 scrimmage yards um, in week four. So they need to keep getting that. Uh, big, to be a big part of the offense. Um, this front line last week was knocking down a lot of Baker Mayfield's passes at yeah, the line. So got to try to keep um, Jalen Hurts in the pocket there, not let him get out. That's where he does a lot of his damage. Make him be a pocket passer. He's much improved on it this year, but mm-hmm. that's the safest place to keep this guy. And hopefully they can slow that uh, Eagles run game down a little bit. Uh, Eagles leading the league with 10 rushing touchdowns. So that is going to be a major task and these Cardinals have been better on the road. So uh, this is a, this is a big game for those cards and see if the Eagles can keep this thing riding. All right. Speaking of big games, Casey, it's your Dallas Cowboys against our Los Angeles Rams and the Rams at home at SoFi stadium will be favored by five and a half in this one. You mean Jarrah world West? (laughs) (laughs) Going to be a lot of Cowboys fans in the house and Cooper rush last week became the first QB in NFL history to win each of his first four career starts and have a passer rating of 90 or higher. Wow. Um, if anybody is talking a rush debate over Dak, it's blasphemy, dude. Don't believe any of that crap. Cooper is playing great football, but I believe this team was capable of playing great football before Dak got hurt. No need to rush him back, not even next week. If he's not ready, take your time. You're already yeah. playing with house money. 
um, getting those two divisional wins is huge for these Cowboys, and Dak is inching closer. But they're playing solid football. Um, the run game hasn't been great, but they're staying with it, Dave. They're not getting away from it. So mm-hmm. um, that's a, a great formula because the play-action pass is what's really been opening stuff up for this offense. C.D. Lamb has been great, but a welcomed um, return last week. Michael Gallup, he had a touchdown, and he really stretches the field. And we're starting to see uh, what this offense can be, especially when Dak gets back. I love the play action there and the creativity out of um, Kellen Moore there. But this defense, Dave, is where the Cowboys are making their money. They've been outstanding. We all know about Michael Parsons. I don't need to bore you with that. But Donovan Wilson, dude, I meant meant to talk about this guy last week. He's been filling in for a hurt. Uh, Javon Curse, when Curse gets back, that's going to be a lot of problems for these opposing offenses because both these safeties – are laying the wood and they're able to cover a lot of area and the Cowboys haven't had good safety play for so long. It's a welcome problem to see them having um, a lot of them in the backfield now that are doing so well. And why do they keep testing digs, bro? Right. Carson Wentz tried him last week and he made him pay and the rookie Deron Bland got an interception too. So I love this defense and dude, rookie, Damone, hey, you just don't know Damone. I can't believe I just flubbed my fast times line. Let me try one more time, Dave. Hey, you just don't know Damone. Rookie (laughs) linebacker, Damone Clark, he's been practicing the first time since an offseason back surgery, which kind of had him sink down the uh, draft boards. If they get this guy back on the field, watch out, man. He's going to be another huge player on this defense, Dave. Love what the Cowboys are doing. But the Rams are going to be super feisty coming off that beatdown on Monday night, dude. Yeah, and you talked about that uh, beatdown there. And that was a really important game against division rival San Francisco in which Matt Stafford threw a brutal pick six. That really, really kind of was the difference in that football game. So Diggs has got to be licking his chops for the Cowboys because he knows he loves to gamble. And uh, Matthew Stafford's been dishing him up this year. Um, Stafford on the season four touchdowns six picks wow. for an 81 rating and obviously we know he's a great quarterback and all that stuff but the, he's not on a little hot streak by any stretch of the imagination uh and he last year he led the 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 league in interceptions too but hey they were able to overcome all that and win the super bowl um you can, we kind of alluded to it earlier the mix between Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers running the football Cam has got more of a burst it seems like but seems to end up in the doghouse maybe missed assignments or uh, putting the ball on the ground. So we'll see which guy gets more touches in this week. Cooper Cup's the one thing that's that you can count on with this team. He's got 42 grabs on the whole on the season, uh, 400 plus yards already. So uh, wow. he's having a phenomenal season, 14 receptions, 122 yards last week. Uh, so, I mean, you just can't cover the guy. So mm-hmm. throw it to Cup more than the other people. And it seems like that's what he's been doing. Maybe uh, maybe that's why he's getting picked because Allen Robinson uh, hasn't had as much of an impact on this Rams team as we thought he would be having. Last week, Tyler Higby in that Monday nighter did have a nice game uh, with 10 receptions. For some reason, he was heavily featured in the game, um, which was to my advantage fantasy-wise. But on the other side, Casey, uh, and this team is going to be uh, something to be reckoned with on defense too. It's always Aaron Donald. Uh, that you have to think of first uh, on this team. And then Bobby Wagner, who they brought in, he had 10 tackles last week. He's still the tackle. 11 if you count the uh, the streaker that he blasted oh, there. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Good point. Good point. And then there's, of course, Jalen Ramsey. Um, 
he is amazing in coverage, but uh, he did miss a big, big tackle on that big Debo touchdown. By oh, the way. That guy, is that the guy that Debo trucked on yeah. his way to the end zone? Dude, on his way to scoring, yes. Oh, also, Dave, I want to let the betters know out there and just everybody in general uh, it might have an impact in this game. The long snapper, Jake McQuaid, for the Cowboys is out for the season with a torn triceps. How does a long snapper get hurt? I don't know, but he did. And you thought a call might go out to LP Ladrasor. He was with the Cowboys for 16 years, didn't have a bad snap, never missed a game, and all of a sudden they ghosted him. They did sign Pro Bowler Matt Overton to the practice squad, but that could have a major impact on this wow. game moving forward. So hopefully not, but ooh. All right, Sunday night football, Dave. Ooh, AFC North battle, Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens, and the wow. Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, Dave. Wow, and this is... Uh, a battle here. Both teams coming in at two and two. So it's a pivotal point in the season. Uh, obviously, the Bengals started off 0 and 2 and have found uh, their rhythm in this season here. They sh- arguably should be three and one with that first week, uh, almost overcoming five turnovers against the Stillers. But Joe Burrow uh, finding his rhythm now, uh, you know, two, um, two touchdowns last week. Uh, 115.9 rating at the quarterback position. Mixon running the ball real well, well, had a touchdown last week. Uh, Jamar Chase, obviously, with a huge impact. But uh, T. Higgins, a real nice game last week and and a touchdown as well for Higgins there. Um, There's plenty of weapons for this Bengals team to deploy against the Baltimore Ravens defense, in particular in the secondary, that seems to be in turmoil or in transition, whatever what you want to say, this isn't the same old Baltimore defense that used to rush the crap out of the quarterback and have no fears on the back end. Uh, they're giving up big plays, and this Bengals offense is probably licking their chops coming into this game thinking we're going to make some big plays, and that's going to be the difference in this football game. The Ravens also have let people back in games after dominating them early, so we'll see uh, what, how the game unfolds in this particular matchup. Yeah, I got to show that Bengals defense a little love, too. Only one touchdown allowed over opponents' last 31 drives. Wow. But these Ravens, Dave, they've only trailed for 14 seconds this season, and they're 2-2. Two and two. It's bonkers. <laughs> and this is kind of what happened to them down the stretch last season. You they trailed Harbaugh, for the wrong 14 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> right. Harbaugh, man, you know, going for the touchdown there last week. Yeah. It's a tie game. You kick that field. Well, at least you have the lead, dude. I don't know, man. I analytics sometime get in the way of winning a football game. Yeah. Um, that defense has not been great, but you at least got to give them the opportunity to hold the lead. But you know who has been great? Lamar Jackson, man, uh, in the race for MVP. He was 20-29 last week, 144 yards and 73 rushing yards. He's done everything that you could pretty much hope for um, out of your quarterback. The running game, J.K. Dobbins, he had a touchdown last week but he's still not completely back. Justice Hill has been kind of quietly doing a good job back there as well. Rashad Bateman's been a little banged up. That opened the door for Devin Duvernay to kind of, you know, be that um, wide receiver one, but hopefully Bateman is back healthy again. Mark Andrews, though, man, this guy is phenomenal. He's really a mismatch for anybody trying to to cover him, but this defense has got to figure out what they're doing. I mean, they're, they're a plus five in the turnover ratio, but they're not able to close out games, man. And that's been a disturbing trend, like really from week 10 
of last season. So um, I expect both these teams to be in the mix in the AFC uh, playoff race. But, man, a win in this game would go a long way getting you on top of that division and guaranteeing your way into the playoffs. Big, big game. All right, moving along, Casey. Um, It is Monday night football, and it is an AFC West battle with the Las Vegas Raiders heading to Kansas City in the Sea of Red to play the Chefs. Chiefs at home favored by seven and a half in this one, Casey. Yeah, and I I really like the toughness that I saw out of the Raiders last week. They definitely out-physicaled those Broncos, man, on both sides of the football. But Josh Jacobs, dude, what the hell happened, man? 175 scrimmage yards last week, and I think he's still mowing over Broncos defenders, man. (laughs) They could just not get that guy to the ground. Devontae Adams had nine for 101 um, last week. Maybe Hunter Renfro is back in the mix. They could use him there. But uh, who's the – I can't remember, think of it. Hollins. Hollins. Hollins is the guy that came over. He's emerged. The, yeah, dude. He's had a couple real nice games for this Raiders offense. Um, but the pass rush, man, is absolutely brutal on the other side. Max Crosby um, – you love him. They've teamed him up with Chandler Jones, and he was unstoppable late in that game, was in the yeah. backfield the whole time. So um, Raiders disappointed at one and three right now, but you go into KC and get a win on Monday night, two and three, right back in that AFC West mix. Yeah, and it's your set and done, though. Yeah, it is. It is a huge game. And the Raiders, we've mentioned, they were in every game. They won yeah. all of the, they lost those games that when they were 0 3, very, very narrow uh, margin of defeat there. Um, so this could be an easily a way different situation, but they are staring at a potential one and four situation coming uh, into Kansas City, where it is very difficult to play. It's extremely loud there. The atmosphere is unbelievable there. Probably one of, if not the best home field advantages in the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes coming off of a, a showcase Mahomes kind of performance, putting up 41 points on a Tampa Bay team, eliciting a little bit of revenge from that Super Bowl uh, loss, almost slash embarrassment that they had. But uh, Mahomes, uh, 249 yards, three touchdowns last week. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire really got it going, too. He had two scores, almost 100 yards last week. I think when they brought in the rookie, Isaiah Pacheco, who had 63 yards of his own last week, that really lit a fire under Clyde Edwards-Alaire's butt. Mm -hmm. And he has really responded. He seems to be running with just so much decision. He just... He, he cuts and goes, man, and he's running hard. Uh, I really like what he's doing there. And then Travis Kelsey, he's the one guy that really does scare you about the guys that catch the football for the chefs here now that Tyreek is gone. But you still can't stop him, not all game long. All game long. No way. Nine catches, 92 yards in the score last week. But they do have uh, a lot of guys that they can spread the ball around to, most notably uh, Smith-Schuster and Valdez-Scantling uh, as well. So, And on the defensive side, Spagnola has got these guys running around last week. Just uh, Jadarius, uh, excuse me, Legarius Sneed um, really had a phenomenal game. A sack, forced fumble. Um, he was just all over the place making plays. So um, obviously, you can never uh, lose track of Chris Jones because he's a game wrecker mm-hmm. at the defensive tackle position. But uh, I think the Chiefs, the, you know, like Spags has got that defense kind of coming together. So. It's good. This is going to be a real, real tough situation for the Raiders to come in and think they're going to get this W. Yeah, man. Those Chiefs went into Tampa and beat down the uh, beat them down. 
Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Grimy, grimy AFC West battle, Dave. Woo. I'm sure you'll be happy with whoever hey, loses. I'm going to win either way. <laughs> yeah, you know? so it's a The Raiders are buried <laughs> or the Chiefs are brought back down. <laughs> oh man, that is a win, Dave. You know what else is a win? What's that, brother? When you subscribe to the Trend Zone, as always, available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher. It is everywhere. Please like, subscribe, and give us those five star reviews. Yeah, don't forget, also like us on Instagram and Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA, and make sure that you tag us across all social media platforms, Casey. And go to footballdudes.com. A wealth of information there. If you're not there, you are missing out. But that is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Dave, I'm Casey. Enjoy week five, people. We're out of here.